Hey there. So we're back for another episode. Thank you for joining for Get Out There and Get Known. Today, I have a guest. It's going to be talking about nonprofit PR, not only just PR for personal brands or for corporations, which obviously we do, but this PR colleague will talk about how she built the brand for Black and Missing Foundation, Inc., and so anyone who has a nonprofit or an idea of one day of starting a nonprofit or a foundation, this is a good episode for you to listen to because she can give you the steps that she took that garnered her a lot of a lot of media attention for her nonprofit. So we'll be back right after this. I'll tell you a little bit more about who Natalie Wilson is and all that kind of good stuff. And we'll just get into this whole episode here. As soon as I find my intro music, right? It's like, okay, here we go. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast. Join Pam Perry, veteran PR strategist, Emmy award-winning producer and publisher of Speakers Magazine, who will show you how to crack the code in getting out there to get known. Each week, she either interviews her media friends, PR colleagues, or she just goes solo, offering you strategies on publicity, publishing, and platform building. So listen up to hear how to get booked on media places and on superstar stages. Now, here's your host, Pam Perry. Hey there. So like I told you, my guest is Natalie Wilson. Let me give you a little bit of background of her before I bring her up because I don't want to be embarrassed for reading her bio. She has close to two decades of experience in public relations and media relations, obviously press. She has garnered local, national, international media coverage with platforms such as The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, missed that show, The View, Associated Press, CNN, Essence, Fox 5, DC, Huffington Post, NPR, Oxygen, People, Oprah Daily, New York Times, Washington Post, and many, many more. That's what peer people do. She is a Black Girls Rock Community Change Agent Awardee, L'Oreal Paris Women of Worth honoree, recipient of the inaugural Crime Con, which is the Crime Fighter of the Year Award, as well as we were talking earlier, uh, Ebony 100 and also the Root uh, 100 as well. She's a member of NABJ, National Association of Black Journalists. She holds a master's degree in communication from Tr Trinity University and a bachelor's of art from psychology from Howard University. Yes, that, that uh, HBCU there. And she holds a certificate of strategic perspectives in nonprofit management from Harvard Business School Executive Education. She's the co-founder of the Black and Missing Foundation, a nonprofit organization that brings awareness to missing persons of color across the nation. So with that, I bring up Natalie. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. That is so impressive, all the things that you have done in a short amount of time. And it sounds like it's a lot, but let's kind of, you know, you went to Howard, then you got your master's and you've got the education. And then how did it come about of doing the Black and Missing Foundation? And what was the heart of it, I guess you would say, of really taking your PR skills and using it for good? Okay, so I'll tell you a little bit about the inspiration behind um, the Black and Missing Foundation there was a young lady by the name of Tamika Houston who went missing from my sister-in-law's hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we read how her family really struggled to get that national media coverage. Um, weeks later, 
Lori Hacken disappeared. A year later, Natalie Holloway disappeared and they dominated the news cycle and mm. received a round the clock press. And we all know their names and their stories. Mm-hmm. And it was so disheartening. And we wanted to know, you know, why aren't we seeing people of color getting that national coverage? Maybe we aren't disappearing at an alarming rate. But what we found was that 30% of all persons missing were of color, primarily black males. So my sister-in-law and I said, you know, let's do something about it. I'm in PR, media relations. We need that exposure. We need awareness to bring attention to that issue. And she's in law enforcement, helping the families navigate, you know, in working with the police department. And here we are, you know, 15 years later with an organization um, to help find and bring our missing home. But my PR strategy was very simple. I wanted our missing to be household names too. We know the Natalie Holloway, the Chantra Levy, and the names go on and on, the Gabby Petito. But when you ask anyone, I'm asking your listeners to name a person of color who has garnered the same level of national news coverage, they can't. And that's what I'm trying to do to advocate for these families through my media partnerships and relationships so that our missing can be household names too. I love that. That is what you call using your gift and your talent for good. And it is, um, it's not easy to start a foundation because you could have did it behind the scenes, but you actually got a foundation up and going which is not easy to do. And then 15 years ago, social media wasn't as strong as it is now. So you were doing it really from scratch because you're trying to build the audience, you know, without, I mean, Facebook and things like that now, but now it's just like, it's social media is everywhere. It's like part of our life ingrained. Mm -hmm. So when you were doing, is it a 501c3? Is it a, what type of organization is it? Yes, so it is a 501c3. Okay, and so was that the, Inkling, I guess, once you said, okay, this is really a whole nother thing. Like I've got my PR boutique agency, but then I also have a, a 501c3. Is that when you decided, says I need to go to Harvard and really like learn this? It's an industry. It's a whole nother industry. Right. You know, to be honest with you, we were thrown into this um into this arena. So we had to educate ourselves and make sure that we were knowledgeable Mm -hmm. as we're working with families. Nonprofit isn't what I do um, or did initially, but I had to learn pretty quickly. So, you know, getting that Harvard certificate meant a lot. But what I did lean on were the relationships and partnerships that I have. And sometimes people say, well, how did you take the Black and Missing Foundation from a vision in our living rooms to the view. It Mm -hmm. wasn't overnight. And what I did was I started locally. I remember the first coverage that we had was the Washington Informer. Oh, I love them. There there are that Denise Roland, uh, Denise Rolark Barnes. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. And that is the Black community supporting us. Oh, that just warms my heart because that's the whole point of it, right? That's like, they are our friends. They are, they're the person that will tell our stories. And so the Washington Informer, for those of you who don't know, is a hundred, well, almost a hundred years old. Is it 60 years old? Yeah. 
it's it's the, it's decades in the community in DC. Yeah. Yes, yeah, black owned newspaper and family run still to this day. Yeah, yeah. And when we had our launch, they were the only, you know, media outlet that showed up to mm. cover this story. I but love that. I interviewed her. So just just so that people will know that I did interview Denise really um, on this podcast. And she it's interesting that she's the publisher now, but her father who started it, she didn't think that she was she worked there, but she didn't think that she would be working there as an mm -hmm. adult. Right. It was just like that's what dad did. But now she's there. And then her son is also there as well. But it's in her blood as part of vision. So I'll put it in the show notes so people can listen to the mission of why the black press and when um, Natalie, you know, launches her 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 thing, how it's important to support each other as mm -hmm. as african-americans as blacks we support each other the media supports our initiatives black and missing black you know so it's it's it starts there it starts locally so go on so i didn't i didn't mean to interrupt you but i did i guess so excited when you said they were the only ones that showed up because i know her she's about it about it you know she's she about is. about it yes <laughs> and no that's fine and then you know honestly I think just from that coverage, you never know who is watching or reading. So then I think Allison Seymour was on Fox and, you know, reached out. So it started grassroots efforts mm -hmm. locally. Mm -hmm. And then the national platforms were watching. Um, you know, I did send pitches out to national media outlets and the first person that contacted me was Joe Madison. Oh my God, he's from you know, Detroit, right? So I oh, love. Oh really? <laughs> and can I tell Joe you, Joe Madison I got is like the serious. Uh, what do we call him? The bear, the, the bull, black eagle, the black eagle. So yes. you know, something we begin with a bit. Yes, the black yes. eagle. Oh my God, I love this. I love yes. this. Joe Madison is. He was in Detroit. He was. Um, the president of our uh, local NAACP when he was oh, here okay. and he had a radio station uh, mm -hmm. that he was a host on small WXYT, the same station that Rush Limbaugh was on at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he was very radical and just like Rush was radical. He was to the <laughs> left and right. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Joe picked up and he was, yeah, at that point he was probably national because he was doing what um, serious or WHUR. It was serious. It was serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and can I tell you, I cried when his producer called because, you know, I kept calling and calling and I just burst into tears and I called my <laughs> sister-in-law and she was like, okay, are you okay? And I'm, this is huge for us. Yes. It was yes. like, oh my God, it, it was a breakthrough on the national level mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just kept pounding the pavement. But I will say we are considered thought leaders in this industry when it comes to missing people of color. Okay. because of the black press. Mm -hmm. That's you know, I was it. able to build a relationship with Essence and Miss DeLuca, Vanessa DeLuca was the editor at that time. Mm -hmm. And just mm -hmm. reaching out saying, hey, we have this issue. Can you help us bring awareness to it? Can you feature a missing woman on your platform? And they really embraced us oh with it. God. You know, I and then the Huffington Post, Black Voices, you know, yes. they heard of us and it started picking up steam. But mm -hmm. we started off very, very small. Very local, building up, telling the story. The story was good. It just, it, you can't always just reach out there immediately to the view, right? Even though, you know, because they're really looking at um, how you're telling your story, 
how you're managing the press that you currently get. Joe Madison, Washington Informer, uh, the Fox stations there. I mean, so part of it is where was your sister-in-law from? What city was she in? She lived in Spartanburg, but then moved to the DMV area, the okay, DC so, but, area. But the DMV is a is a large DMA area, so that mm-hmm. kind of helps as well. If you had been like in in a smaller city, it may not have picked up as much steam as fast. Mm-hmm. But you know, our top ten markets, you know, Chicago, Detroit, New York, LA, DMV, those are those are larger markets. But that's where you you still treated it like each individual one was important each each podcast that you went on each weekly newspaper that you want each blog that Mm -hmm. someone you know because you knew from pr experience that every media reporter is important yes and and like what you just said you never know who's watching or who's reading because now we're everywhere you know Mm -hmm. you can send that link anywhere and put it up in different places you can put in your email signature you can just share that story that's the main thing that you want to have the story so so now we're, we're working in this, you're doing that grassroots, and then eventually it starts to build steam. And so this is a part of PR that that is probably kind of weird for you because it was weird for me too, where the person who's doing the PR, you know, because you have the skill of like just telling the story, now you become the story. So now you're getting the awards, you're getting the girl, the Black Girls Rock, you're getting, so how does that feel when you're getting those kind of things. And it's like, how does this happen? Like, what's going on? Because <laughs> I know sure you weren't pitching yourself. No, not at all. And actually, I, I'm i an introvert in an extroverted field. And I love being behind the scenes and right. to be recognized. It's still a little uncomfortable for me, but... It's part of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's telling that human interest story, yes. um, connecting with the audience so that they can tell our story. So I'm, I embrace it now. But again, it's very uncomfortable, um, but very honoring to know that people see the work that we do uh, mm-hmm. because we work around the clock. This is hard work and we're meeting families at the most difficult time in their lives. Mm -hmm. So to know that, and I feel as though I am the publicist for hundreds of thousands of families Mm -hmm. because they're not getting that media coverage or Mm -hmm. that exposure. And I want to help them Mm -hmm. again, be for their loved one to be that household name so that they can be found. Right. And that's it, that it's so many times when we have something bubble up on our radar, you know, whether, you know, it's like at a certain point in time, it's the buzz going around and bubbles up on your radar. And that's when you know one or two things, the person who is abducted the person or the person who is just missing just realizes that there is something going around in the universe that is looking for them, Mm -hmm. that there's someone that cares or someone who sees something and then says something. That's the that's the important part because if you don't talk about it, then people won't know to really report it. And and like you said, your sister in law was working with the police, so she knew that um, internal workings part mm-hmm. of that part, and you knew the PR part. So right. working together with the families and that sort of thing is really really 
Oh my God, that is so good. So and the exposure, I'm sorry, the exposure, the awareness is so important too, because when we first started the organization and we were talking to our community about missing people, they thought sex trafficking was happening abroad mm-hmm. in Russia or China or another country. No, it's happening in our backyard. Mm-hmm. So again, education, awareness, exposure is so vital, but you have to tell it as a story, right? Yes, so right. people can see themselves in it and want to act or bring about change. So it's in PR is having that human interest element mm-hmm. where you want people to, oh, you know, a change behavior or there's a call to action. That's it. There's a... Uh... A platform I want to say is change.org mm-hmm. uh, that people use now. It probably wasn't around 15 years ago, right? So that was that was not a thing. It just you know everything is changing so new. But I remember um, having that platform and someone who wanted to make a change in their community. They started that platform and they had to get signatures and and people passed it around. And that's kind of like what you're doing. But you're doing it with the media because of your skill set of doing the media for people, but telling the story is key. Having a story said the right way, presented in the right way, whether it's a press release, a media alert, a fact sheet, Mm -hmm. uh, all of those things. And I just really applaud you because it's a tough time when you're pulling a story out of a family that is distraught in trauma, right? It's like, that's like the worst time. I mean, you know, sometimes when I started doing PR, I wanted to only work with authors and speakers and then I it was inspirational authors and speakers you know it's like mm-hmm. it's like certain parts of it that I know that that I have a capacity for because I didn't want to do um you know hard news or I didn't want to do anything that I felt like I would just be like falling apart and crying you know because I'm just such a marshmallow but for yes, me. <laughs> you know and it's just like oh my god but you're using the skills to really help people that mm-hmm. normally wouldn't get the coverage and getting that coverage. And so um, I just really like the fact that the the Black press would come together and support you. You're part of NABJ. Mm-hmm. Um, NABJ, you know, if anyone doesn't know, it's been around probably, what, 50 years or so, um, maybe longer than that. I don't know. Maybe 50, 50 years at least they've been around, but it's the Black journalists that come together. And so every year they have a conference. Have you ever like given a, um, you should say a platform or a panel discussion about what um, BAMFI is about, or do you plan on it? Absolutely. Last year, we held a panel discussion uh-huh. um, about the issue, and Sarah Sidner from CNN was one yes. of the panelists, Tammy Fields from Spectrum, and just talking about you know the issue and mm-hmm. why there is a disparity in media coverage. And what we found is that most media outlets, news outlets, do not have a policy in place as to how they cover missing people. So a family calls the news station, who decides who's going to get coverage? No one could answer that question because many news outlets don't have a policy in place at all. Ah, So that was disheartening. And, And now that we have that information, we are trying to partner with news outlets. And we're also keeping that issue in the forefront so that the decision makers, the gatekeepers, the editors can put a policy in place so there can be fair and equitable coverage for everyone. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's one of the things too, of making sure that um, th- there's disparity in all types of things, disparity mm-hmm. with the wealth and with our health, uh, media coverage, all of that. But with us being in the field, we know that we could do a little bit more control with that, partnering with NABJ and all the different other partners that you have to bring that that together. So when someone, you know, and you probably do a little bit of research with the foundation. So when someone does end up missing, mm-hmm. um, what are, you, you know, you talked about sex trafficking, human trafficking. What are some of the main, I guess you say threads or the themes that um, you see and then the age of it, male or female, what what tends to be the, the, the top three of why um, a, a person, black person goes missing? What is it? Is it, you know, some people say, well, you know, they're probably in the wrong place at the wrong time or, you know, they were on drugs. I mean, what what are the, the misnomers that people think and then maybe what your research has shown? Well, it's exactly what you just said. There's a stereotype that when our children are reported missing, they're all often classified as a run. Mm-hmm. As a runaway. Oh, Natalie, you're there. She, I, I, she froze a little bit, but she was saying that initially. Hopefully, you come back, Natalie. Uh, she was saying that when people are reported missing that the initial thing that people assume is that they are runaway. And Natalie, you're froze, so hopefully I can hear you. And then I want to hear what the other ones were as well. You're frozen. My my, my ticker is running across the bottom, but you're frozen. <laughs> I can't hear you. Maybe you could come back and come back in. Can you hear me? Uh, that's the thing. So this is the thing about live TV, right? So live Live that. So I'm gonna. There she is. She's gonna. She's gonna go out and come back in. So one of the things too, when you're when you have a gift, and her gift is media relations, and she has these relationships, you gotta realize what is the purpose of that. Why did God give you the gift of storytelling? Why did God give you the uh, the ability to have the relationships with the people that you have? Why did God give you the burden to have it on your heart to even want to care? Right? Why did He even give give Natalie? Wilson, the, the burden to want to care. And so really it's for her to do the work that she is doing right now. There you are. There you are. Okay. Sorry, technology. I know. But you were saying the first one is that we assume that people think that, oh, you know, runaway kid. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the perception is that the child left home voluntarily. So who cares, right? There's mm-hmm. no Amber Alert. There is no media coverage mm-hmm. at all. But what we do know is that a child being on the street for 24 to 48 hours, their proposition for sex. So now we have another issue that we're dealing with. And we need to figure out why did they leave home voluntarily? Like, what are they running away from? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what are they running away, running into? We're also finding that many times our missing are stereotyped as being promiscuous, being involved in some type of criminal activity. And what we're trying to do is to change the narrative that mm-hmm. these are valuable members of our community that are missing. Mothers, mm-hmm. fathers, sisters, brothers, people that look like me and mm-hmm. my family members. Mm-hmm. So again, we just have to continue to pound a pavement to show that we matter, our missing matter, mm-hmm. and we have to bring them home. And I'm sorry, what was the first part of your question? 
the first to... part was like when what are the main statistics men women age wise in terms of what your research has shown has it been like mostly what 60% women 40% men Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that um, the FBI stats show that 40% of all persons missing are of color. Mm-hmm. We believe that number is much higher because typically they classify Hispanics as being white. And we do know that research shows that 24% of Hispanics classify as African American or Afro-Latina. So the numbers are much higher. And we have a population that's really afraid to interact with law enforcement. So they're not reporting their loved ones missing. Mm. Since the pandemic, our caseload has increased tremendously because people are going missing because of mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. domestic violence, um, sex trafficking. We have parents that are aging and you know they have dementia, oh, right. so it runs a gamut of reasons why you know people are disappearing at an alarming rate. But we do know that many times race is a barrier to media coverage and mm-hmm. law enforcement resources. Your zip code can be um, a barrier, and mm-hmm. we want to remove those barriers because this is a life or death matter, and our missing matter too. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That is really, it reminds me of a story that um, I'm in Michigan. So it was, when you said about mental illness, it was a woman who, um, it's winter here, it's cold. And she Mm. went and she just felt like people were coming after her, that someone was trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. And so she went into the woods, winter, and took her children. Mm. And she died. And the children, I think there's, they're, they, they basically had hypothermia and all of that kind of thing, but basically it was mental illness. Mm-hmm. And uh, and part of it was that, you know, the family was trying to say that she's missing, something's wrong, something's going on, but they found her too late. And, uh, you know, like you said, having protocols in place are really, really important. There is a, a communications director that I know that's in Pontiac. She just got there probably within the month or so. And I'm thinking like, she's probably putting those protocols, you know, when do you, uh, when do you send out an Amber Alert? When when do you when do you really make a press conference about it with the city and and those kind of things? I mean, there's a lot of things to to look at, but the main thing is that no one should die because no one's not looking for them, right? That's like that's like the whole point. And then the whole sex tra- trafficking thing, that's a whole another area that people, you know, have a you know, people don't understand about it, that they think it only happens overseas, but it does happen here. So the work that the awareness that you're bringing about it is really important, using your PR skills, telling the stories, uh, really making sure that policies are in place, partnering with people. Uh, and, and you know, basically, when you do have a good story as well, that you're mm-hmm. sharing that as well, you know, Absolutely. so that people will, will say, okay, well, you know, look what happens when we do you know, come together as a community and look for someone and that you find a good story of, of someone reunited. You know, right. that's like the, the main thing. That's the main thing. So what is next for Miss Natalie? What is on the agenda for the rest of the year? Anything? Are you doing fundraising? Because we want to support the work that you're doing. Is there a foundation? Um, how do we say it? Event? You know, I know those take a lot of energy, but what what's next? <laughs> Wow. Well, coming off the heels of the 
HBO docuseries Black and Missing. I mean, we there's a need for the work that we do, and we have a major announcement to make on Friday. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All I'll right. Share press release with you. Okay. And we'll put it in the show notes in the details for yes, sure. Ma'am. Okay. We're making a major announcement again to continue to keep this issue in the forefront and to bring exposure and awareness not only to the work that we do, but for the families that we serve. Um, mm-hmm. One of the biggest concerns that we hear from families is that they want their loved ones to have a voice. And, you know, we have to have the platforms to do so. So that's what we're working to create our own platform to give these families the voice that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our 5K that's coming up um, June the 3rd at the National Harbor. Okay. And it's the HWB5K.org. And if the community can come out and join, rally around these families that are searching for their missing loved ones, we would love it. Oh, that's good. Can I just add one more thing? Yes. You know, we know that everyone is not going to get that media coverage, right? And we're not naive in, in believing so, but we do utilize social media to help us find mm-hmm. our missing. And we're asking the community to be our digital milk carton. I remember mm-hmm. growing up, you know, there were missing persons profiles Always on the milk. Right. On the milk. So now it's social media. We don't have to wait for the normal news cycle. We don't have to reach out to an assignment editor. We can do it ourselves. And that's what we have been doing. So if, you know, your listeners, your viewers can follow us on BAMFI.org, let's start with who's missing from your community and Mm -hmm. share that information within your network, because Mm -hmm. it takes one person to come forward that can bring someone home. That is so good. Thank you so much. That is so true. And I know of a PR colleague who regularly shares information, uh, Pam Purifoy. And she, she's that type of person, too. She shares as well. And maybe she heard you at, at NABJ one time or something. But it was like just recently she she started sharing. I was like, oh, OK, that's really good because we share all sorts of jokes and whatever, but share something for good. So thank you for making that um, point, B-A-M-F. B-A-M-F-I.org. Yes, stands for Black and Missing Foundation, Inc.org. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Natalie. It has been a a joy. Uh, Your friend uh, Joy was actually on the podcast as well. So I'll put the show notes on there as well because Joy was on the podcast as well, Joy Sutton. So thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really, really good and enlightening. And for any nonprofit that has a foundation, know that they can take the same type of skills and promotion, telling a story to the media to get their cause, the attention that it needs, the shine that it needs. And that's how they get out there and get known. So don't be afraid to tell the story. But I will say, if you are African-American, please start with your local black press, whether it's the radio, like a Joe Madison or something, you know, it, a black uh talk show host in your area or one of the newspapers. That is so key. That is so key. And obviously podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts. So you want to make sure that you're doing that as well. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I am. Thank you. All righty. I'm Pam Perry and I'm out. You've been listening to the Get Out There and Get Known podcast brought to you by PamPerryPR.com. 
where you'll get insider tips on how to build your platform, pitch the media, and promote yourself with confidence. Head over to PanPerryPR.com and get the exclusive video training on the seven must-have marketing materials you need before you pitch in order to be considered in media places or superstar stages. PanPerryPR.com, where you help you shine like a superstar.